Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Let's start with the Surrey policing fight. Why not, right? Why not? Why not? Sorry, the, the gift that keeps giving. Yes. Yeah, so Brenda Locke, now, she's she said that... She's doubling down. Doubling down on the lawsuit, fighting back against the province, trying to force them force through the Surrey Police Service. She wants to keep the RCMP. So we'll list, let's listen to her first. Also got a clip here of Mike Farnworth, the Solicitor General, responding to her happy. here. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> These two are not exactly pals here. <laughs> let's listen to Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke first. This government does not have the right to run roughshod on every local government that doesn't bend to their will. Your thoughts? Well, you know, Brenda Locke's talking about the Surrey police decision. Yeah. Running roughshod over municipal rights. But we've heard other mayors and councillors express concern about the housing legislation, which also, you can argue, runs roughshod over municipal uh, rights. So this is, um, now she's arguing appointing, getting rid of the police board temporarily and appointing a minister is unconstitutional. I've not heard anyone saying that's necessarily a, a legal argument is going to win. But Well, the province, still, the province has the hammer here. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, isn't, yeah. Is that in dispute? I mean, no, she's going to try and argue that they don't. I don't think, I mean, municipalities are created at the whim of the province. Yeah. The constitution makes it clear the municipalities are not the same level of government as provincial and federal. But, you know, she's going to go to court and argue that. But it's, here's the thing. We talked about this yesterday. It's going to take months, presumably. Any court uh, action takes months to resolve, if not years. In the meantime, the budget for Surrey Police Services is going to come down by November 30th. It's going to be signed off by the ministry. Even if Surrey Council objects, yeah. it's going to go to the director of police services for a resolution. <clears throat> he reports to Farnworth, guess which side he's going to be on. Yeah. So the budget will be in place by early December which means three police services will be in a position to spend money. Hire more officers. officers. So by the time we get to a court resolution, three police service will be quite larger than it is now. But Brenda Locke is, I think she basically is feeling out some messaging for her re-election campaign. Why not brand any tax increase that, uh, comes to Surrey, which is going to happen whether Surrey Police Service is there or not, because all municipalities are increasing their taxes. She'll brand it as an NDP tax. And she's also branded this, and this is where I think she's on a little more dangerous ground, branding the Surrey Police Service. So she's the mayor of Surrey, and she's now branding her police department as the NDP police department. Well, well, let's listen to that. That, that set uh, Farnworth off in the hallway yesterday. Right. Let's listen to that now. So here's Brenda Locke, the Surrey mayor, speaking yesterday. This is not a Surrey police service. This is an NDP police service that reports to the Solicitor General directly. Okay, the Solicitor General, of course, Mike Farnworth, and here's Farnworth yesterday firing back at Locke. We've had, you know, tragedies this year involving police officers, funerals. And so for the mayor to say that, you know, oh, it's an NDP police service, quite frankly, I think it's a disgrace. Decision has been made. The future of policing in Surrey is the Surrey Police Service. Okay, he's putting his foot down, calls it a disgrace. Here's yeah, that. well, I mean, the relationship between Farnworth and Locke was broken a long time ago. I mean, she called him a misogynist a few months ago. Yeah. Uh, so that's, but I tell you, Farnworth doesn't get angry t- too often. And I, we've been in countless scrums with him over the years. Yeah. But he was really PO'd yesterday, shall we say, at, uh, at Locke. But again, what is I, his point, though, when he says we've had tragedies involving police officers? We had police officers killed in the line of duty. And then somehow he conflates that with Brenda Locke. 
Well, I, think, well, I didn't get that connection. Yeah, but. I think it's it's branding of an entire police department as a political arm yeah. of government when officers do put their lives uh, on the line every day. Right. is what I think right. set them off a bit. But again, uh, we'll see how this plays out. I I, I think we're going to get to the point, like, fast forward three months from now, Surrey Police Service is going to be hiring yeah. pretty steadily, one assumes. And that court challenge is going to be mired in the court system for some time. Okay, the point that she made that, okay, she calls it an NDP police service that's now going to report to Farnworth. She's not wrong there, right? Because Farnworth has appointed this guy, Mike Sir, to take over the police board. He dismissed the Surrey Police Board, put this guy in, this former police chief in there mm-hmm. to operate it. That guy's reporting to Farnworth. Well, he's, Correct? he's the administrator, um, but I don't think he reports regularly, just like the Surrey Police Board did not report to Mike Farnworth. Yeah. So, well, no, they used Mike's, to report to the Surrey Police Board, right? Which, which but, would have been but, chaired by the mayor. But not to the minister. Yeah, well, but now, now they now, will report to the minister. No, that's, why, no. that's what she's arguing, I guess. Well, I don't know. Not necessarily. I mean, Sears Sears going to act independently. But, sure. you know, if they can't agree on a budget, the arbitration process does bring Farnworth's ministry into it. Yeah. So you're right yeah. on that point. Yeah. Where, where the director of police services, Glenn Lewis, will have the final say on the budget, and he reports to Mike Farnworth. Okay, let's uh, move on. Let's listen to David Eby here. Now, the NDP uh, convention was on the weekend. You were yep. there, yep. and it was uh, a happy group of All new Democrats, so right? First time in gathering in person in four years, so people were almost a little giddy at being together. 700 delegates. It was a pretty upbeat, confident gathering, and who can blame them? They're running high in the flying high in the polls. David Eby's got high approval ratings. Uh, as he noted in his speech, they're out fundraising their opponents by a two-to-one margin. Wow. Which is significant. Mm. When election campaigns are very expensive to run, and so are political parties in terms of staffing them. Um, the, their opposition is divided yeah. and fractured you know, between the Conservatives and, and the BC United. So, that, yeah, it was a pretty happy group. EB gave a pretty confident election-style speech, which he tried out a bit of attack lines on BC United leader Kevin Falcon. Yeah, Fal- called Falcon a uh, developer. Uh, property developer, real estate developer, which, Falcon, which is accurate. That's what he was doing. Well, Falcon right? himself uh, uses that argument in the in the in the question period all the time. That he has a he's a developer, so knows how to the real estate. He knows market. how housing works. Not the best image necessarily put in front of the voters. It's not a profession like journalists, a profession that's not highly thought of. Well, now they've got two opposition parties really going up against them because you've got BC United. Now you've got the surging BC Conservative Party too, right? Oh, yeah. And that's, no, where the, that's where I, the split all is. All eyes are on, I would say, next month or the month after to see who's got a poll coming out. Mm-hmm. And if Conservatives are continue to be competitive with the BC United Party or, in fact, ahead of them, that will further strangle BC United's ability to raise money. (coughs) The last quarterly report from Elections BC showed BC United's fundraising plummeted in that quarter, and that quarter was when the polls came out that showed the Conservatives were competitive. Okay, let's listen to David Eby here speaking at this NDP convention on the weekend, and you'll hear him go after his political opponents here. Let's listen. They would like nothing more than to distract us by dividing people here and there. It's how they operate. Here is my message to you. Don't let them. I was part of a team who defeated a sitting premier in her own riding when we did that. Okay. Who, he's, Christy Clark. Speaking about Christy Clark there, yeah. Point great, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, like I say, a fairly confident um, David Eby. He was upstaged a bit by the person who introduced him, which was his wife, yeah. Carrie Lynch, who disclosed for the first time that she's pregnant with her third child. Yeah. That was actually the news item out of the convention right. for many people. Yeah, yeah. David Eby's going to have three kids in a very tiny condo in Bangkok. Right, and when's the due date there? In June. In June. Which immediately people factored into election timing. Right, because now, okay, so if you if he calls a spring election, he could do that before the baby arrives. Most spring elections are in May. Yeah. Ooh, so well, that'd be cutting it pretty, pretty close. Pretty, pretty well, close. Yeah. So, uh, okay. again, he wasn't asked about it at the convention, but uh, he's still sticking to his guns. Last time we talked, that it's going to be a fall election. But yeah. I talking to Democrats at that convention, there, you can tell there's a lot of itchy trigger fingers in that party who would like mm, to Some of them want to go early. They want to go early. They want to go early. Okay, let's finish up with the federal government here now cracking down on Airbnb and short-term rentals here. Let's listen to the federal housing minister here. Boy, he sounds like he got this idea from B.C. We want to get in on this crackdown, too. Sean Fraser here. We believe that there's likely tens of thousands of uh, homes that could be made available uh, to Canadians, certainly by addressing this uh, particular challenge. Uh, by addressing the challenge around short-term rentals, uh, as uh, the recent uh, example from the province of British Columbia demonstrates, has the potential in the short term to bring on uh, new pockets of supply. Okay, sounds like, uh, yeah, you got the idea from BC. Let's crack. We want to crack down an Airbnb, too. Yeah, no, Sean Fraser... Uh, Got to keep an eye on, by the way. You know, everybody talks about uh, Trudeau leaving, who, heir apparents. Uh, Sean Fraser's name is factored into the yes. uh, leadership conversation for sure. And yeah. the fact that, you know, he's going to be working. I think he's, I'm told, has a pretty good working relationship with the B.C. government yeah. on the housing file. So it's interesting. He's now saying, yeah, B.C.'s doing it. So we are, too. I think you're going to, I wouldn't be surprised to see other governments crack down on short-term rentals. Yeah. You know, the housing crisis is not confined to B.C. It's Baldry's Beat. Let's go right to your phone calls here. Michelle and Langley. Hi, Michelle. Go ahead. Uh, yes, I should say I was living in Surrey when uh, Doug McCallan was in there, and i got to say I applaud um, Brenda Locke. She is doing a novel thing, which is actually listening to constituents and following through, and I'd like to know, like, where was Mike Farnsworth when Surrey was demanding a referendum? Like, why can't they take the mon money and ask questions? This is getting ridiculous, and the bullying from the B.C. government needs to stop. Okay, Michelle, thank you. Well, the referendum's coming. I mean, that, that's, that's not going to happen. That's what they should have done at the start. Um, yeah, you, could argue, you could argue that. I don't know. Referendums are go hot and cold on that idea. But you're right. I mean, that was certainly an idea that was there on the table. It was, never seemed to go anywhere. Yeah. But I wonder whether Locke is part of a larger pushback of other mayors. Um, you see Eric Woodward and Langley, um, and I think you may see others who are going to start questioning. Malcolm uh, Brody in Richmond. I mean, there's, been a, there's, yeah. there's a couple of mayors on in the, the interior on the, on the island. File. Yeah, the, on the, the housing. That transcends the police aspect. But, yeah. But it, you could argue the issue is the same. It's reaching over uh, and insert, uh, asserting provincial government dominance over municipal politicians. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's it's the police issue in Surrey. But it's a zoning issue in some other municipalities. Yeah, and yeah, you, you do have mayors signing on to these news releases on this on the on the legislation. But uh, for everyone who signs on, you've got to assume there's a few others that are against it. Yeah, Brian in North Vancouver. Hi, Brian. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. Hi, Kate. Um, I was just wondering, you guys. Um, I'm a senior citizen, but I remember when I was in my late teens, about uh, 1968, 69. 
uh, Abbotsford was run by the RCM police, and then they signed, they, they changed to the Matsqui Sumas Abbotsford Police Department. There wasn't a whole lot of push and shove. I wonder what the difference is. Well, I think the difference is Surrey's much bigger. It's it's the second, or you know, even argue the first. I think it's in, the in, largest in, RCMP detachment in Canada. Yeah, and it's um, so I think it just by nature has more oxygen in the debate than it occurred back in 1969. Yeah, but we have seen other policing transitions in the past that <laughs> didn't go to this level, and the province doesn't want this to happen again, right? No, they put that in law they, to try and stop it. The difference thing in, here is they've started down one road, which was to transition, and then tried to reverse it. Yeah. And we haven't seen that before, and that's what's caused all yeah. the, 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 the problems here. Yeah. It's, it's an unprecedented situation. Yeah, Ricky in Kamloops. Hi, Ricky, go ahead. Hi. I participated in the provincial town hall meeting that they had last week um, regarding housing. And I'm a landlord, and I found that they didn't address any issues for long-term rentals. They talk about increasing housing by taking away short-term rentals, but they don't talk about making long-term rentals more appealing. And the overarching feeling that I get from all the different landlord groups I participate in is everyone is saying don't rent your property, keep it vacant, keep it for personal use because there's no point renting. You just you get why is, it, why is that? Why, why is that? Because the RTB is so difficult to deal with and the rules, like everyone says that the rules are in favor of the tenant. I don't necessarily yeah. agree with that. I think the rules are there for a reason and I get that. But there needs to be better systems in place to protect landlords for when there is a bad tenant. Okay, so if somebody is destroying my property, how yeah. can I get them out? Thank you, Ricky. Yeah, RTB is the residential tenancy branch, so... Yeah, yeah. and we've heard that from other landlords who say, yeah, bad tenant is a nightmare. Yeah. And it's true. You know, we've seen lots of anecdotal uh, information about that. It's interesting on her, we're not having any long-term rentals. So I've heard this from other investors, if you want to call them that, who own these tiny little condos that they rent out for short term for three days, four days. They're just executive apartments. Yeah. Are those realistically long-term rentals? Can you actually turn a, a 300, 400 square foot uh, bachelor condo into a long-term rental? Maybe for a single person, but you're not sure. going to put a family in there. That's true. Jeff in Surrey. Hi, Jeff. Go ahead. Uh, hello there. Yeah, two things. Do we have uh, an accurate estimate on what the tax increase would be for Surrey. And secondly, if Brenda Locke loses this case, uh, and did I hear before it was around $400 million to transition into the Surrey police force? So Brenda Locke says the tax increase that would flow from this would be a double digit. I think she's talked about a 20% tax hike, well, the, hasn't she? Her numbers keep changing, but she says it's double digit, which is, you know, minimum 10%, which is still... It'll be more than that. We're not going to see... I don't think we're going to firm grasp the numbers until Mike Sear brings in a budget yeah. and compare it to the current level of services. 